on this series, small things with big differences. Uh, small things, big difference, talking about our words, our thoughts, and this morning we're going to discuss habits. Small things, big difference. And again, we're going to be talking about habits. I want to start out by letting you know that there is nothing that is stronger than a habit. Dr. Samuel Johnson said this. He said, habits are chains that are too small to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. There's a true story about a, a prison in France. Uh, they was getting ready to destroy this prison, and upon doing that, they found this prisoner that was going to give him liberty, let him go, give him uh, freedom. Uh, they begged him to take it, but instead he said, take him back to his jail cell. He said, you see, I've been in this cell for so long that the sunlight began to hurt my eyes. He said, besides, my friends were all dead. He said, I have no home. He said, my legs refused to move. His main desire was to go back to his jail cell and just die. You see, what this story illustrates is the power of a habit. This poor prisoner lived so long in this jail cell that it became his habit, living there day in and day out. He was forced by a habit to go back and live in darkness. Perhaps I'm looking at some people this morning that are living lives in darkness, living in their lives by their habit, allowing their habit to control their very existence. You see, it's the small things that no one sees that results in the big things that everybody wants. It's just the small things. It's, it's the small things that we must learn how to deal with. It's the small things. So what we must learn to do is become disciplined if we're going to eliminate the habits in our lives. We have to become disciplined. Again, it's the small things. The small things like our thoughts. It's the small things like our words. The small things like our actions. Listen to me. You are what you repeatedly do. We must learn to become disciplined. So what is discipline? Discipline is choosing between what you want now or what you want the most. Let me say it again. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Listen to me. In every area of our life, for the most part, we know how to be successful. Uh, we know how to have success in marriage. We know how to have success in raising our kids. We know how to have success in business. We know how to have success on our finances. You and I will have to make up on our mind whether we want to do it now or whether we'll do it later. Here's the truth regarding the matter. It's not so much of what we do because we know how to do it. The problem that we have is inconsistency. There's inconsistencies in our marriage. There's inconsistencies in raising kids. There's inconsistencies. So the question is, why am I so inconsistent? Why am I? Well, let's look in Romans chapter number 7, verse number 15. Paul begins to write to the church of Rome. He says these things. He says, I don't really understand myself. Look at that. 
First thing he says regarding inconsistency, he says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse number 18 says, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. Listen to this. He says, I want to do that which is right, but I can't do it. Look at 19. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one that's doing the wrong. It is the sin that's living in me that does it. He said, oh, what miserable person that I am. He says, who will free me from the life that is dominated my life by sin and death? Look at verse 25. This is what I like. He said, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of this sinful nature, I am slave to sin. Listen to me. There was this two men that belonged to a small church. They got into a terrible dispute. Uh, they couldn't resolve who was right or who was wrong. So they decided that, you know, we're going to go to the pastor. The pastor is a man that have wisdom. He got all the answers. So the first man went to the pastor home and he told his version of what had happened. And the pastor said, after listening to all his complaints, he said, sir, you're right. The second guy called pastor and said, listen, it's my time to tell my story. Regardless of whatever he said, it's not right. Listen to my story. Give me your opinion. He listened to him, and he went on for 10, 15 minutes and listened to him. And at the end of the conversation, he said, you're right. His wife was listening to it. She got mad at him. She said, now, look, you're a pastor. There is no way possible these two guys who told Two different sides of the story, two different stories. How can they both absolutely be right? He says, you're just wrong. You, you're wrong. You are no good pastor to tell them that they're both right. He listened to her, and he said, you're right. <laughs> you see, we have these inconsistencies because of the type of lifestyle that we live. The flesh is speaking to us, telling us that we are right. When in actuality, we're wrong. The flesh speaks to us, trying to convince us of ourselves, trying to convince us to follow what we're yearning, trying to convince us to go after what is absolutely right. See, the church of Rome, Paul began to tell him, he says, listen, I, I got this issue that I'm dealing with, and the issue is that I want to do what is right. I, I know what's the right thing to do. He says, but every time that I try to do what's right, I find myself doing wrong. Another translation says, every time I try to do the good things, I end up doing the wrong thing. Paul is simply telling us the struggles in his own flesh, struggling with the habits of his life. He says, oh, what a miserable person that I am. Who will free me from my dominating by the sin of death? Then he says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ. Listen, beloved, if you're going to eliminate the habits in your life, can I tell you the first thing you got to learn how to do is learn how to speak life over yourself? 
Oh, my God. Remember last week, Pastor Nate said that the, we can speak life and death by the power of our tongue. What are you saying about yourself? Listen, because I'm where I am now does not mean that this is where I'm going to remain the rest of my life. I got to understand that my best days are in front of me. My worst days are behind me. I got to learn how to speak life. You do remember the woman with an issue of blood, don't you? The Bible said for 12 long years she dealt with this issue. No one could help her. She spent all her money, went to doctors after doctors. But then the Bible says she began to speak to herself and say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. She says, I know I will be whole. What are you saying about yourself? You, know, you, you, you do remember Job. Job lost everything. Lost his kids. Lost his homes. Lost his cattle. Lost everything. Even his wife said, why don't you go ahead and curse God and die? But Job had a word on his inside. He said, though they slay me, yet will I trust him. What are you saying? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was faced with a fiery furnace because they would not listen to the adulterers, because they would not bow and do what the king says. The king says, if you don't listen to us, we're going to throw you in this fiery furnace. But look what he said. He says that if you throw us in, my God is able. My God, I want you to know today that your God is able. What are you saying over your life? You have the power to speak life or death by the power of your tongue. What are you saying? See, I believe that my worst days are behind me. And so Paul is saying here is that yes, I have a sinful nature. Paul is saying, yes, this sinful nature is dominating my life. But watch what he says, but I thank God. <laughs> Listen to me. No matter what it is you're going through, you got to remember that God is on your side. He said, Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. No matter what you're going through, you have to remember God. He said, thank God. The answer that I need is in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. No matter what it is you're going through, Christ is stronger than the appetite. Listen to me. No matter what it is, Christ in you is stronger than any habit. You got to decide what I want now or what do I want most? What do I want most? What is it that I want the most? What do I want God to do for me? Here it is. I'm going to give you two things and I sit down. The first thing you have to learn how to do is to be a contender. Got to be a contender. Paul began to write to the church of Corinth in chapter number 9. Uh, verse 24, he says this, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person get the prize. So he says this in the New Living Translation, he says, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize, but that prize will soon fade away. But what we do it for an eternal prize. Listen to me. You got to be a contender. 
What are you saying by being a contender? Don't allow your habits become band-aids. Mm. Don't allow your habits become band-aids. Well, we don't address the issues. We put a band-aid over it and ignore it. It becomes like a sore, th- a, a, a sore on our body that eventually, if you don't deal with it, it becomes ineffective. And what happens in ineffective, you become no good to yourself and no good to God. You got to become a contender. In other words, put yourself in the race. The scripture just says that if everybody runs this race, everybody's running for a prize. Listen to me, it's, it's, it's not the small things. It's not, it's really not. What I'm saying to you is that, is that it's really not about the race, but it's about you participating. And I often say that you have to be a participator in your own deliverance. What are you saying? It's, it's not about being the best. It's been about the best that you can be. It's not about winning the gold, but it's about crossing the finish line. The Christian race that you and I run is not given to those who are the fastest. It's not given to those who, who might be the strongest. But the scripture says it's given to those who's able to endure to the end. When you study the Corinthians games, they train very hard for it. It's, it's a big race and they practice for it. They, they take 10 months just to train. They go on this strict diet. Certain things they will not eat. They don't take strong drinks. There's no wine. They don't put junk in their bodies. They they do it so that they can win the prize. Listen, beloved, we train this body. We train this spiritual body not for a prize, but ultimately so that we may one day see Jesus. Paul says, I do it for an eternal prize, that I'm going to see Jesus. Listen, the first thing we got to understand is that we got to be a contender We got to be a contender. We got to put ourselves in the fight. Put ourselves in the race. I'm not going to ignore my habits. I'm going to face them head on. And listen, ultimately, sometimes we don't deal with them because it's rough. It's hard. And we get afraid of the hard stuff. We want the easy way out. Listen, the life that we live is a process. You may not get it today. You may not get it tomorrow, but if you stay in faith in God, eventually your change will come. I got to be a contender. Secondly, things I got to do is that I got to be goal-oriented. I got to be goal. If I want to eliminate my habits, I got to have a goal. I got to have a goal. So Paul says, if you're going to (laughs) run, run to win. I like that. I like that. Listen, it don't make me, what sense does it make for me to do all this training and in my mind I'm going to lose? Hello, listen, if I'm going to get in this race, then I have to have a a mentality that I'm going to win. Hebrews 11 and 1 says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangled us. What is Hebrew saying? In regard to this race, he says, listen, if you're going to win the race, if this is your ultimately goal, what you got to learn to do is start stripping off some habits. Yeah, you got to get rid of some things in your life. I'm running a race and my goal is to obtain a prize that is in Christ Jesus. So before I start running, I got to strip off. 
I got to get off this, 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 this habit that I'm in. What do you want most? What do you want most? Well, Pastor, I want to lose 30 pounds. I, I want to quit dipping. I, I want to be free from sexual sins. The question I ask you is, what do you want the most? I, I want to get out of debt. I, I want my cholesterol to go down. What do you want the most? I want to develop a relationship with God. What do you want most? I want a more intimate relationship. I want to pray and know that God hears me. What is it that you want most? Whatever it is, your answer, then I want to ask you this. What are you willing to do right now? Because ultimately we have a lot of goals. But we don't want to face the harsh reality of doing it right now. Making the first step right now. What are you willing to do right now? Here's a harsh reality. Is that all of us have habits. We all got something in our lives that we're dealing with. We all got some strongholds that we're dealing with. We all got some things that we're interfaced with. But then the question is, where do you allow yourself to become band-aid? Putting a band-aid over it. Or are you willing to do something right now about it? With all eyes closed question I ask you is what do you want now? What do you want the most? For most of us men, we can say that we want to be better fathers. We want to be better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mother. Is that your goal? Is that one thing that you want to do? Then the question I ask again is what are you willing to do right now? You can do that real simply. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that he died on the cross, he said, you shall be saved. What do you want the most? I want security in heaven. Then what are you willing to do right now? Habits been dominating your life long enough. You've been dealing with strongholds long enough. You're where you are last year right now. You should have evolved. So I'm going to make a change right now. Yesterday, I want to change my life. Pastor, I want to give my life to God. I, I want to eliminate the habits. You can do it by accepting Christ in your life. The first thing you got to do is admit that I do have a habit. I got sin in my life. I can't control it. I'm like Paul. Every time that I try to do what is right, I find myself doing something totally different. I don't want that in my life no more. I want a new testimony that I can live with life with Jesus Christ. I want to change that. You can do it today just by raising up your hand. Is there one? No one is looking. I see your hand. Is there another one? Is there another one? No longer will I live my life in shame. I see your hand. No longer will I live my life in shame. No longer will I live my life in sin. Today, I want my life to be changed. I want to take up a new resident. I see your hand. I see your hand. Let's pray. Father, we love you. What an awesome God you are. You are the God that can do the unthinkable. You are God that can do the impossible. Because of the habits and the things that we struggle with, Lord, we've been counted out. 
But because you died for our sins, we are no longer out, but we're in the body of Christ. And so, Lord, we say thank you for saving us. Thank you for allowing your son to die for our sins. Thank you, God, for having us on your mind. And, Lord, because of that, Lord, we say thank you. Many have raised their hands today. God, I pray for them that you would protect them, that you would shield them. Be with them. It's in Jesus' name. Keep your eyes closed. This sermon was for me. This message is for me. I'm saved, but yet and still I, I got some strongholds. I, I still deal with some issues in my life. I'm saved. I know who Christ is. I find myself doing some things that I ought not do. That don't mean you're not saved. That means you are backslidden. But right now, Pastor, I want to come back home. I'm sorry. I, I'm simply saying that I'm sorry. Can you pray for me? Can I see your hand? Oh, I see your hand all over the place. Father, we thank you now. Because, God, today we know that you are married to the backslider, that you didn't count us out, but you still allowed your son to die. So, Lord, right now we say that we're sorry and that you forgive us for all our sins, creating us like you did, Joe. Give us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. We thank you now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you.